At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. in the desert on a Tuesday from the South Point Sportsbook. Matt Humans and uh, JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, and uh, Johnny Avello from DraftKings will join us in hour number two. We're going to talk contests and a lot more with uh, Johnny. It's contest season, JVT. Yep. Have you signed up? Do you plan to sign up? Uh, plan to sign up. I'll be entering, um, think I'm going to have two entries in the Super Contest, and I'll go with Last Man Standing over at Stations. I think that's the plan okay. for today. Um, last man standing NFL or college? College for uh, for last man standing. I think I'll have enough NFL on my plate with two super contests. So go that route. Yeah, I'm trying to get signed up here in the uh, next week to ten days. This is going to be a big week for signups, yep. and uh, we'll have Derek Stevens and Mike Palm from Circa on this week to uh, talk about how things stand. Right now, monster overlays in the two circuit contests, but that's going to change a little bit in the uh, next week or two. How about the New York Yankees? They extended their winning streak to 10 last night, defeat the Atlanta Braves. I watched the uh, the replay last night, and finally I can say, JVT, this Yankees team is fun to watch. Uh, that has yep. not been the case for most of the season, but you make some moves at the trade deadline. The Yankees are starting to win. They look like uh, they're having fun out there, showing some life. That was not the case a month or two months ago. Uh, but tonight they send out... A former angel. That's right, my guy. Who has not been so hot for the Yankees, but he was okay in his last start. Is that a sign that maybe he's going to turn things around? Andrew Haney goes for the Yankees tonight against uh, the Braves, and Charlie 
Morton, and the Braves' nine-game win streak was stopped last night, and the Yankees now at 10 straight. Yeah, that last start that you're talking about, right, against Boston, seven innings pitched, two hits, two walks, and earned run. It was a solo shot, and he struck out four, so uh, he seemed to level out a little bit. I'm more curious to see him pitch in a different environment, right, because his first two starts were at Yankee Stadium. The other was at the cornfield. Uh, what, what an environment, what an environment. I think uh, at that point, he had pitched 15 innings for the Yankees and allowed, like, 15 earned runs. Right, and, yeah. and both, in, all, in those two environments, right, not the best situations yeah. for pitchers. You know, New York, as we know, hitter-friendly park, and then the cornfield, a little hitter-friendly too. And it's not like Atlanta is the most, you know, pitcher-friendly park, but if you look at some of the MLB park factors in terms of home runs, which has been a massive problem for Heaney in his time as a Yankee, uh, it's about average in terms of what it adds to mm-hmm. hitters. So I think just a, a little bit more of a friendly situation in terms of a park. And one of the other things too is what was the one of the things that we mentioned in handicapping the matchup yesterday for the Yankees and the Braves that while the Braves had won 20 of 26 starts against left-handed pitching, right? They were statistically average against lefties. And sure enough, yesterday against Montgomery, Montgomery walks four guys, but they only get two hits. And so maybe a lineup like this is a little bit better for Heaney to face too. So I would be intrigued to look at Heaney in terms of getting a little bit more of a bounce back performance. Now that means you have to go against Morton, which is another thing, but I think Heaney is, it's in the cards for him to be a little bit better than he's been in the first three starts for New York, for sure. Well, the Yankees beat a pretty good Braves pitcher last night. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the plus price on the Yankees at the South Point right now, 125 if you want to take the uh, dog on a 10-game win streak. Nah. Not too often you can get a team like this on a 10-game win streak at a plus price. Uh, but I will say I'm really hesitant to back Andrew Haney yeah. in this spot. I just I, – I don't believe – I don't believe in him yet. He's given up. He's a fly ball pitcher. He's given up too many gopher balls uh, since he's he's been with the Yankees, and uh, I'm not sure he can beat Charlie Morton tonight. Yeah, so my, my thought was, because I'm kind of with you, right, like hesitant to back Heaney. Uh, my thought was if I, if I was going to play it in any way, it would be like a first five under, right, because if you believe that Heaney has in him a, some, you know, a somewhat solid performance given all of the factors that we talked about, the fact that Morton has been absolutely unbelievable, two run runs are fewer and pitched six or more innings in every start this month. He's also actually pretty solid against left-handed hitters, too. So this new balanced uh, lineup that we talked about for the Yankees could be maybe rendered right. a little moot here in this matchup. So maybe a lower scoring first five between these two if Heaney's turnaround is real. So I ended up not playing that, but that was the one angle I was going with. Not so much backing Heaney to win the first five, but maybe going through this and getting a little bit of a better performance. Only give up two runs and get like a 2 nothing lead maybe for Atlanta through the first five, but a lower scoring first five nonetheless. Haney has allowed nine homers in 22 innings uh, with the Yankees. And uh, last night I thought it was a pretty good spot to bet against the Braves after that long road trip, first game home. That's one of the situations I like to look at. Maybe not uh, such an ideal spot here tonight, but uh, Mm -hmm. Yankees-Braves, one of the many games on the baseball board we're going to talk about tonight. I think it's really interesting what's happening with this uh, Dodgers-Padres line tonight, too. We're going to get to that uh, later in the hour. We're also going to talk about Jameis Winston. The JVT's guy win the job last night for the Saints, or did he already have the job won before last night's game? I think it was clinched last night. We'll talk about that and more next on My Guys in the Desert. VSN Esports Betting Network, Matt Humans and John Von Tobel here at uh, the South Point Sportsbook. My guys in the desert, John Avello, DraftKings Sportsbook Director, joins us in hour number two. 
Did Jameis Winston win the job last night for the Saints? I know you won your bet. You didn't even have to sweat it. You <laughs> handicapped him perfectly. You said C.J. Beathard was going to be the man for the Jaguars. And he got the uh, Jags in the back door. 23-20 loss last night. Over the total and underdog covers with a backdoor score for the Jags. Yeah, well, and, and the thing is, too, for those who didn't really watch the details, it went to the end. So, they actually, the Jags had a drive with about eight minutes-ish left to go. Oh, and they were turned away in the red zone. And well, you kind of thought... That, that was a really bad pick that Gardner right. Minshew threw. Yeah. It, it was yeah. a brutal pick. Yeah. And so I was watching it in a book, and I'm like, ah, well, I'm kind of done here. And then they get the ball right back, and they go and score with about four and a half minutes left. You're like, hey, they got the ball with like three minutes left. It's C.J. Beathard with that arm. Let's go. Uh-huh. And actually, they should have gotten in the end zone a little bit earlier because there was a drop touchdown catch in the left side of the end zone. But regardless, they get in, they go for two, and that was important too, obviously, and it didn't end up mattering. But they were sitting on four, so if you got the four and a half, which is out there, you were sweating that two-point conversion, uh, but they get there, and I still think you have some pretty big problems with this first-string offense that has looked anemic Ooh. in two preseason games, especially when, like, usually preseason doesn't mean anything, but like we talked about yesterday, Urban Meyer has been really vocal about wanting to do something, like, offensively in the preseason, and they've done nothing. Trevor Lawrence had a turnover-worthy play, almost picked off. Yeah, it has not looked good for uh, Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars early on in the preseason, but, hey, they cover. And that's all that matters, right? Yeah, you're right. That two-point conversion made a 23-21. That was the final. And that was only significant if you took four or laid four Mm -hmm. in the game. But it was already over the total, which was 40 at that point. Uh, But, yeah, the Saints offense just stopped playing. The Saints stopped playing. It it felt like to me the Jaguars had the ball the entire fourth quarter. And they were just taking shots to score. And it worked out well uh, for you. But you're right. When the first two quarterbacks were in there, Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew, once again, the Jaguars' offense, very ragged. The offensive line looked weak. They, they were getting dominated physically up front. They couldn't run the ball. And now bigger problems, JVT, mm-hmm. with the Jags. Uh, how about this? Adam Schefter of ESPN reported that rookie running back Travis Etienne suffered a midfoot sprain that is likely to end his season. So it looks like Travis Etienne's going to be gone. He was going to be a weapon in the uh, passing game for the Jags. So it's one setback after another. I thought it was funny last night on Twitter. Somebody uh, threw out a picture of Urban Meyer looking distressed and said, how long is it going to take for Meyer to fake a heart attack? Uh, (laughs) I retweeted that it was good. (laughs) When things don't go well. I think if you're looking at a win total for the Jags right now, you have to look under. And, you know, Urban Meyer won at Ohio State. Yeah, he's a good coach. And, you know, you can, he won at Bowling Green. He won at Utah. He didn't always have the best talent. But he steamrolled opponents, mostly at Florida and Ohio State, because he had better talent. He doesn't have that now with the Jags. He's got a rookie quarterback. He's got an offensive line that's not very good. And he's got problems. I think the Jaguars are going to be lucky to win five games this season. Right now, to me, that looks like a, a four or five win team. And the, and the win total is up there at six and a half. And I think it's pumped up because of Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence, yeah, right? I yeah. couldn't agree more. And the, the, there was even a lot of, especially when Carson Wentz went down with the injury, there was a lot of like push on social media amongst NFL handicappers like, hey, watch out, Dark Horse Jags to win this AFC South. <laughs> and it's like, are we, are we watching the same thing when it comes to analysis of this roster, right? You know, we're talking about potentially moving on from C.J. Henderson, even though I don't think he's, it's going to be the case anymore. You know, their first-round pick from a year ago mm-hmm. uh, because it may be not be working out from that perspective. You don't know where this pass rush is coming from to add to some of the issues that you have with this team defensively, right? So there's a lot when you look at this team that I think is really flawed when you talk about what you 
were expecting out of this group overall. So I would agree with you. Like, I think this is going to be a team that could probably be pretty competitive on a game-to-game basis if they figure things out offensively. But there was a lot of comparisons. Remember Andrew Luck's rookie year where they went 11-5, and and they weren't like a threat to win anything, but they were a double-digit win team that got to a wild-card round and lost in a big way to the Ravens that year. And there were some comparisons made to that team. But I think this Jags team is much more flawed than that Colts team is. And now all of a sudden, the team that is in that division with them is all of a sudden looks like back to full strength, potentially. The Colts. Right, yeah, with we'll Carson Wentz in that enough. offensive line. I think a lot of people looking at the Jags, too, look at the schedule say, well, they could beat the Texans twice. They got the Bengals. They got the Jets. You know, it's a soft schedule. Hey, the Bengals and the Jets and the Texans are looking at the Jaguars and saying, that's a team we can beat. Right, well, and, those, <laughs> and that Bengals, by the way. automatic wins. Those Cincinnati and New York games are on the yeah. road. So, like, it's not like those, you're getting them at home. <laughs> right. like, and Zach Wilson, again, it's only preseason has looked pretty damn good for the New York Jets oh, as a yes. young quarter. And that's a team that I think I wrote about it in the uh, NFL Guide, which is out today, by the way. Like the, it's a, There's a really wide spectrum for the Jets, and it all depends on Wilson. But it looks like they're trending up because yeah. Wilson looks like he's going to be a potentially pretty good quarterback. So that's not even uh, like a gimme circle type game for the Jacksonville Joe Jaguars. Burrow, Zach Wilson. Right. Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Your best friend in the world's biggest Tyrod <laughs> Taylor fan. Tyrod. Adam yeah. Hill. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get back to my initial question. Did Jameis win the job last night for the Saints? I don't think there's any doubt about it yeah. right now. Nine for 10, 123 yards, two TDs, uh, pass rating of 157.5, which is near perfect. His first passing touchdown to Marquez Callaway traveled 53.3 yards in the air. The most air distance on a Saints passing touchdown in five years, including the preseason, regular season, or playoffs. He threw two TD passes in the first quarter, something he did four times in 70 starts with the Buccaneers. So the odds to be the week one starting quarterback for Jameis at DraftKings was 190, minus 190 uh, before last night's game, now minus 350. Yeah. And I think you could even jack it up higher. I mean, if unless he gets hit by a bus or gets sick in the next uh, couple weeks, he's going to be the starting quarterback. And I know what you like about him is the same thing I like. You know, Drew Brees, very efficient in the way he ran the offense, but he couldn't stretch the field. He didn't have the arm strength anymore. Jameis is going to go vertical. Yep, he's going to take shots downfield. And here's the thing. He got in a lot of trouble his last year in Tampa Bay because he was taking a lot of shots and he was committing a lot of turnover-worthy plays. But I think there is something to be said is when you're pairing him with an offensive mind like a, like right, like a Sean Payton, where you can kind of fix the small issues that he had in terms of decision-making. Sean Payton's not going to allow for turnovers. Right. It's not going to happen. Of course. And like they, and it's just a different situation. And sometimes how, how often do we see in whatever sport it is where a guy just goes into a different situation – and something unlocks in his game, and something changes, yeah. and all of a sudden they become a viable option, whether it's you know, a Major League Baseball pitcher, i.e. Justin Verlander, who was a bet-against guy in his last few games in Detroit, right, last few months in Detroit, and all of a sudden became one of the best pitchers in, in baseball after he goes to Houston, on and on. So I, I think this is something where this is just going to work perfectly. We talked about it yesterday. His first preseason game, three attempts, 20 or more yards, three attempts in the middle of the field, three short attempts, nothing behind the line of scrimmage. You can do so much more mm-hmm. with Jameis Winston as your quarterback. And by the way, and it's only preseason, but his PFF grade right now would put him on par with the top three quarterbacks in terms of regular season. Last year, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Deshaun Watson in that range for how he's graded in this preseason. He's got a lot to play for, too, because he could score a big contract if he's successful with the Saints. Absolutely. Uh, This year, a lot of teams out there looking for a quarterback like that. And I think he's straightened his act out, too. He used to be a goofball. And, uh, you know, working with uh, Drew Brees, Sean Payton, and the Saints last year has probably uh, made him mature and uh, is going to make him a much better quarterback. Uh, I think a new situation for Carson Wentz is going to be positive, assuming he can stay healthy. 
Good news for your Colts, JVT. Wentz back on track to start week one in Indianapolis. Zach Kiefer, who covers the Colts for the uh, Athletic, tweeted about how confident he was yesterday that Carson Wentz is going to be the quarterback for week one. So things are looking up for your Colts all of a sudden. You have your, I would say, your top two, is it fair to say, your top two offensive yep. linemen back and Carson Wentz back at practice. Yep. And this was a, I thought this was even a team that was going to be relatively live week one, even if it was going to be Jacob Eason at quarterback. And now you would assume that Wentz raises the ceiling for this team a little bit. I still have questions about a guy who missed the majority of, not even just Wentz himself, but a guy who missed yeah. the majority of training camp and, you know, is working his way back now. Uh, no preseason action because it doesn't look like going to start that preseason game or play in it at all in week three, but there is the two weeks between the final preseason game and the regular season, so there's going to be more time for him to work a little bit with this offense. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Colts go off as a small favorite by the time we get to Sunday, but I just think that this Colts team, there's a lot to like about them. Defensively, they were one of the better teams in the National Football League last year. It's a top-tier offensive line. There is some talent there, including Michael Pittman, who's going to be pretty good. This is really good news for them because I think this is going to be a pretty competitive mm -hmm. game for them, and I think they're in a pretty good spot, a better spot than the market's given them credit for at this point right you now. You think the Colts go off as favorites in week one? I would think so. I would if, say if, like a flip right here, like one and a half to one and a half. Right, as yeah, a closing number I, for Indy? Yeah, I think the Colts are going off minus one and a half or two on that first Sunday. It's not like the Seahawks are blowing people away with what they're doing uh, right now. Their defense is going to be really bad. Like, yeah. I, just, I think that needs to be stated. This Seahawks team, from a defensive standpoint, if you look at through all the players that they have on their roster, edge rushing, if we're talking about pass coverage, they have a lot of weak links in that secondary when it comes to – I think they're going to be really good run defense. But outside of that, mm -hmm. like good luck stopping anybody with that secondary because I think it's going to be a really big problem. It's, it's, remember when the secondary used to be the strength of the Seahawks? You're right. Not the case anymore. Zach Kiefer of the Athletics said he's even more convinced now than he was earlier yesterday that it will be Carson Wentz at quarterback in week one for the Colts. Setbacks can happen for sure, but he absolutely looked like the guy who will be ready to go in three weeks. So if you like the Colts in that game and you believe – uh, that Wentz is going to be the guy. You should probably bet the Colts plus one and a half or uh, two if it's out there uh, right now. Uh, let's look at the Colts Lions this week in the preseason. What do you think the plan is going to be here for uh, the two quarterbacks, Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger? And I think of the two, it's interesting to me. Eason's put up better numbers and he's probably looked a little bit better, but Sam Ellinger does add a running threat that mm -hmm. uh, sometimes he can make some plays. Uh, out of nothing. I think Eason would be the guy if Wentz can't go, but they'll probably split time in this game, right? Colts three and a half point favorites at Detroit. You want to get both these guys as much playing time as possible. Yeah, it, Reich was kind of uncommittal uh, when they were talking to him in media the other day about who was going to start and what that was going to look like. I would assume it's going to be Eason and then Ellinger getting a majority of the game. Uh, mainly because, right, like you said, if we don't know, like when still, as we're confident he's going to play, you don't know what happens in the next two and a half weeks, and you would want Easton to be healthy, which I would think means that you're going to give Allinger this game for the majority of the time. Yeah, I, I think so, but at the same time, both these guys need as much work as possible. Yeah. I would probably give Easton the first half and Ellinger the second half. Yeah, but I think that, that speaks yeah. to what we're both talking about, which is I think Easton's probably first in the pecking order, so he's probably going to start, and then we'll see whatever is going to provide, whether it's going to be like three quarters, right, two, three, and four, mm -hmm. or just the second half. But Ellinger, you're right. Like there are times where he looks like a gamer, where he scores, a, you know, leads them to 11 consecutive points against the Panthers in that first game. And then there's times where he turns the ball over twice, and they barely get by the, you know, the Minnesota Vikings in Week Two. So I think that this is clearly Ellinger is going to be quarterback number three if they keep three quarterbacks. Uh, but at the same time, how they're going to handle this from that perspective, we know it's just going to be those two, it seems, and, mm -hmm. and that's going to be it. So I think you're pretty confident. Uh, so does that warrant? 
Uh, the Colts being three, three and a half point favorites. Right now, if you like the Colts in this game, lay the three at Circa. That's the best number I see. I mean, I think so because uh, David Blau has been pretty good for Detroit. But uh, Boyle has not. Right. Boyle has been awful. Through two games, he's 15 to 30 for 82 yards. And like, I think what's really intriguing about these you last think, uh, games, 82 yards on 30 pass attempts is good. <laughs> no, no, okay. And I think what's always intriguing about these last, you know, these last preseason games, humans, is backup quarterback is a position of value. And so while you think, hey, David Blau's going to play a lot, he actually might not because you want him ready to go just in case something happens to your top guy, which sure. is Jared Goff here. Uh-huh. So I think you're going to get a lot uh, of Boyle here, and he has not been good. So I think given everything, if it's like if it comes down to a second half of Sam Ellinger versus Boyle, like I think I'd rather go with Ellinger, and I think that leads to a better spot for Indy. So, yeah, I think that's a warranted number. Yeah, I think Colts minus three would be the way I would look. The total mm-hmm. is 33 and a half, 32 and a half or 33 and a half. That's the highest point. Uh, right now it's circuit, but if you like the Colts, you can lay three. Uh, one I lost on last week was the Panthers. They got dominated yep. by the uh, Ravens, a banged-up Ravens team. Uh, they went with Tyler Huntley the entire way at quarterback. Uh, he might as well have been Lamar Jackson in that game. <laughs> I was really discouraged uh, by the play of the Panthers' quarterbacks. Sam Darnold got a little bit of time, didn't do much. But the backups, P.J. Walker, was awful. Yeah, uh, Will Greer... Not much better. The Panthers scored three points in that loss. I think Matt Rule is going to put a major emphasis on this game uh, this week because Carolina needs a much better performance. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers probably don't probably don't care about this one. Let's put it that way. And uh, even though the Steelers have played pretty well in the preseason to this point, they had four preseason games. The fourth one's probably just a throwout game. Oh, yeah. A lot like the Hall of Fame game. Uh, so Carolina right now, you can lay two and a half. Some spots have three. And if you've been watching Matt Rule's press conferences, which I do, I've been watching a lot of the coaches' press conferences, I think he's going to take this game really seriously. So I'm a, even though I got burned with the Panthers last week, I might come back with them here at minus two and a half. Yeah, one of the quotes I saw is that uh, they're hoping for a round a half for Sam Darnold. So you look, it looks like this is going to be the I don't know if that's a good game. thing or not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it does right. speak to your point that they're taking right. it a little bit more seriously than the Steelers. Right. Where Tomlin, I saw one of his coaches like, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Like, and Now, <laughs> I think there's a real argument to be made that if you're talking about the depths of the quarterback position, the Steelers are a little bit deeper. Right, if you look at across the board, mm-hmm. uh, when you're talking about Haskins and Rudolph getting a majority of maybe your second half snaps, either one of those guys, it's a pretty big edge to have because both of those guys have been starting quarterbacks at times uh, throughout their career. Um, one of them being a former first round pick too. So I, I like the Steelers' depth, but overall, if you're talking about who's going to take it seriously, who's got something to gain out of this game, it would be the Panthers. I think that's why the markets moved there, right? Because we saw an opener yesterday of Panthers minus one. Yeah, I think the Panthers are going to be the play here, and that's. Uh going to be a play for me at minus two and a half. One, one more to hit on here before the break. Jaguars-Cowboys. Uh, two teams are winless in the preseason. The Cowboys have looked actually the worst of the two teams so far. And uh, Jaguars, three-point favorites on the road to Dallas, 36 and a half. And again, the Cowboys playing their fourth preseason game. Mm-hmm. Cooper Rush is going to be the starting quarterback for the Cowboys in this one. I think it'd be Cowboys or pass. I, look, if Cooper Rush is going to get a good chunk of play here, um, Cooper Rush has not looked terrible. Last time out, two touchdowns on 12 attempts, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, really solid against te- the Texans. The problem is you're going to see Ben DiNucci at some point, you would think. And oh, Ben DiNucci has been a nightmare I don't in think the he, preseason. Uh, JVT? I don't think he could play in the indoor football league. No, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. When you're throwing three picks in a preseason game, you got a problem, man. you got a really big problem. What is the indoor football league? 
Is there a franchise coming to Vegas? Uh, we'll talk about that in a couple minutes and uh, update you on the Mariners and the A's in Oakland where the series opener last night drew 4,100 fans. Wow. How about that? That's depressing. Anyway, we'll get back. more Twitter follow. We'll talk baseball, football betting when we come back. My guys in the desert. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Carroll live from the OddsTrader.com studio at South Point Casino. Go to OddsTrader.com, download the free Odds Trader app right now. Start winning with up to the second info you need. Visit OddsTrader.com. JVT, an update from Oakland where the uh, A's really need to win a game, man. They're they struggling right now, and mm-hmm. even when the Astros are falling flat, how inexplicable was that Astros loss last night, yep. by the way? Uh, they fall flat. The A's have lost three in a row coming into today, and the news today is uh, not positive for the Oakland A's. And I talked about uh, they drew a crowd of just over 4,000 to last night's series opener. Uh, this is tough baseball to watch right now for A's fans. They've blown leads in the eighth and ninth innings in the previous three days, and right now they trail three to one in the fifth. Wow, only fourth. That's incredible to me. What's that? That that number. 4,000 fans 4, at the 000. game last night. Yeah, that's kind of pathetic. Um, well, look, this is a team that when you're talking about the standings of everything, there was at one point where it looked like they might be able to catch Houston. Remember, they had only trailed Houston by about a game and a half, I think, two weeks ago. Well, they could they, still they, catch Houston and they because still Houston's can. not winning. Yeah. Right. But at, at this point right now, the way that they have been playing, they're only three and a half games back of Houston who, like you said, it's not even the way that it's not that they lost the game. It's the way they lose 7-1 to, to the, the uh, Royals yesterday. Now you're a game out from the second wild card if yeah. you're the Oakland Athletics. And the Boston Red Sox, not exactly uh, winning baseball games either. They're just floating around 500 in the last 10 games. So this has been pretty surprising. And the betting aspect of it is, and you see it right there, how highly priced this team is at times. Yeah. They have really good pitching, uh, especially at the front end in terms of their rotation. And they're going to be priced relatively highly. And sure enough, here today, $1. fifty-three, and right now you're down 3-1. Uh, this is a problem for the Oakland Athletics in a very big way because teams like Seattle are not going away, and this is a massive series in terms of the pecking order of the wild card. Yep. Minus 153, closing number at the South Point, total of 8.5 right now, 3-1, to one, and we are in the uh, top of the sixth inning in Oakland. Do you think they drew more than 4,000 fans for this uh, afternoon game? I would probably say no. <laughs> I know it's going to be a close call. <laughs> it's kind of tough to get out there on a Tuesday, you know what I mean, middle of the day. I'll go. Send me some tickets. Hey, uh, there's a new franchise in Las Vegas, and it's not the A's, even though the A's might be here eventually. How about the Las Vegas Nighthawks? How do you feel about that? Uh, well, I hate the name. I mean, if we're really talking, like, if we're getting out of brass tacks. Like, find Is it your the own Vegas thing. Nighthawks or the Las Vegas Nighthawks? I think it's the Las Vegas Nighthawks. Okay. Maybe well, it it's a basically a team affiliated with the Vegas Golden Knights and the Vegas Golden Knights uh, minor league hockey team that plays out in Henderson. This is a new indoor football league franchise that's coming soon. The Vegas Nighthawks uh, will be the 17th team in the prestigious indoor football league. I had to look this up last night because I've never seen indoor football league lines up on a betting board. And I wonder, I I assume when this team comes to Vegas, we are going to see some lines up on the board. There's going to be some places to put them up. Of course. Be it Westgate, Station Casinos, Circa, who knows? Especially given the time of year. We're talking about season starting in May and stretching through August. We're going to be talking about indoor football league on these shows because uh, there's going to be betting numbers up. and People are going to be going to these games and and playing them. Uh, Do you want to be an IFL Football player, JVT, have you dreamed football of being player. a pro football player? You were at once a high school star mm-hmm. on the offensive line. Famously, Vegas, uh, right? famously tossed a water bottle by DeMarco Murray during practice my freshman year. <laughs> yeah. He was a senior when you I was a freshman. You might not want to play in the IFL, and here's why. Okay. Players earn $250 per game. <laughs> but, hey, wait, there's a bonus if you're on the winning team. Free meal. $25. <laughs> Oh, boy. $25. Well, 
Maybe there's some scouts out there. Maybe they'll find you. Yeah. I mean, you're going to bust your butt to get that $25 bonus, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, you would think huh? that a torn ACL might be worth it, huh? Look at these indoor football league franchises. I guess Arizona, the state of Arizona is a hot spot for the indoor football league because you got the Arizona Rattlers, the Northern Arizona Wranglers, and how about the Tucson Sugar Skulls? Now, I will say that's actually kind of a good mascot. I will say I think there is like a deep and storied history of indoor football in Arizona because remember the Arena Football that League. That was the Arena while, Football League, yeah. But they had a really good arena team sure. for a really long time. So I think there's like a legitimate love of indoor football over in Arizona. I like some of these nicknames. That's why we put this graphic up. Look at this. pretty good. Our graphics department even has the logos of the Solid. indoor football league teams up there. Uh, how about the Bismarck Bucks up in North Dakota? Uh, the Duke City Gladiators. Duke City is Albuquerque. How about the Green Bay Blizzard? It's good. The old Iowa Barnstormers of a Kurt Warner fame. Uh, let's go with the uh, Sioux Falls Storm in South Dakota. Like the Quad City Steam Wheelers. The Steam Wheelers. The San Diego Strike Force. The Columbus Wild Dogs. There's only two East Coast franchises there. You notice that? Uh, Massachusetts right. Pirates and Columbus Wild Dogs. I can't wait to get the email. Can you write up a season preview for the Indoor Football League? We are going to. I'm <laughs> telling you, we're, we're going to be talking about the Indoor Football League uh, in the summer to come from a betting perspective. All right, quick break. We come back. We've uh, got more baseball and football betting on deck. NFL preseason. It's the perfect time for you to huddle up with the VSIM Pro Football Betting Guide, which is out right now. I've had a couple of people today say, hey, can you get me the betting guide? Well, you go to vcin.com slash subscribe to get it. It's only 20 bucks. Uh, we have profiles of every team with advanced stats, power ratings, best bets on win totals, division finishes, and much more. Sign up for vcin all access. Get everything we have to offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at vcin.com slash subscribe. I had a guy who uh, was bragging to me he won $30,000 in a fantasy golf uh, pool last week asking me if I could send him a free uh, pro football betting guide. I said, you know, I don't know if I can do that. Don't know if Bill 80 will allow that. We're yeah. not, not allowed to send free copies out. But it's worth uh, checking it out, man. I'm telling you, the college football betting guide and the pro football betting guide we did this year, the, the two best we've done yet. I know you put in a lot of work on the NFL uh, in two divisions. You did the AFC East, yes, right, and I'm going to say AFC North. That is correct. I read uh, all the pages last night and um, did a great job on those two leagues. Are you as high on the Patriots as I am, or not? I think they're a playoff team. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to like. I know that there's. I think you did. You pick them to win the AFC East. Uh, I did just to be a little bit different because I know the Buffalo Bills. I figure are going to be a near unanimous selection, yeah. and I still think you've got the best coach in the NFL by far. And when I look at the Patriots, the offensive and defensive lines are deep and they're strong. And the Patriots are going to play power football, and they're going to be tough to handle. Yep. This year. I, I think there's two things that I know about the Patriots. I think they're going to be one of the better running games in the National Football. I have a yep. ticket on Damian Harris at 100 to one to lead the league in rushing. Uh, he's now down to like 65 to 50 to one. I think he's going to have a really good year. 
this year. And the other is, I think they're going to be one of the better pass rushing teams in the National Football League. They added Kyle Vinoy, uh, Judon's there as well. Like They did a lot in terms of improving both of those areas. And I think that those are two key areas that you want for your football team to move forward. So I think they're definitely going to be a playoff team. Uh, and I, t- I have a ticket on them at about plus 110 to make the postseason. I've got a couple of things tied to them in terms of futures that I've played. Yeah, I played the Patriots over nine. I wouldn't necessarily recommend nine and I playing over nine and a half. That's a big difference on the win yep. total. Uh, but the Super Bowl odds on the Patriots, 35 to one. That's a lot to ask. You know, right now you look at the Pats, you say, no, nah, they're not a Super Bowl team. But what you have to what you have to uh, think about is what are they going to look like in December? That's what matters. I mean, how are they going to improve over the next three or four months? And I think maybe by December it's not going to be uh, out of the realm of possibility that the Patriots are a Super, Super Bowl team. I, I really think the personnel is there on paper and the coach, they got the coaching staff who can put it together. All right, let's talk. Oh, by the way, the Indoor Football League, Ben Wilson, our producer, wants to throw his hat in the ring to be the uh, play-by-play guy for the Vegas Nighthawks. I think you can do it. This franchise was announced last night. It did not make national news, so most people probably didn't hear about it. The Indoor Football League franchise, the Vegas Nighthawks, you know, I have will uh, uh, start play. Is it next year? I think it's next year, yep. right? Yeah. So Ben might be surprised by this. I have called an indoor football game before. I was the color analyst for the – were they the Gladiators when they were here that yeah, one year? Las Vegas Gladiators. Yep, I, I was the color analyst for one game. I had to fill in for Mitch Moss. So I got to I got to do some analysis when they took on the – who were this? Whatever the Arizona team was in the AFL that year. Well, it was probably the Arizona Wranglers. Right? Wranglers, there we go. There it is. Yep. It was my last and only game. Sean King, last, whatever. who is uh, a VSEN host now. Yeah. Sean King, former Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback. He was a quarterback for the Las Vegas Gladiators. That's in the right. Arena Football League. Yeah. Sean Green actually threw, or excuse me, uh, Sean King actually threw, I think, eight TD passes in a game for the Las Vegas Gladiators. When they played at Orleans Arena? Sorry. Ten TDs. Ooh. Let's have to look it up. Ten TDs in a game against the Grand Rapids Rampage. Used to go to those games all the time at the release. <laughs> for Sean King, VSEN host. All right, now let's get to baseball betting, JBT. And uh, I don't know if you have any plays on tonight's card, but it's, I think it's a decent betting card. I'm mm-hmm. going to start with the uh, Giants and the Mets, and uh, two teams that obviously uh, need a win here. Sammy Long is going to be the lefty who starts for the Giants. Tyler McGill uh, for the Mets. And uh, Giants trying to stay ahead of the Dodgers in the division race. And uh, eight and a half is a total here. I don't think you're going to see a pitching masterpiece. But at the same time, man, this Mets offense can look bad. Mm-hmm. And um, it's hard to bet over the total on a Mets game for me right now. They did wake up a little bit in that series finale against the Dodgers on Sunday. Yeah, and, and look, Tyler McGill has at times been really good for the New York Mets. Remember, there was that stretch all over the month of July. He had a 104 ERA in the month of July. And there were some indicators that he was going to regress to the mean a little bit. And he got hit hard through his first two starts uh, in August. But he seemed to even out a little bit. Last time out against this Giants team, it was on the road. Mm-hmm. It was one that they ended up winning in extras. But he went six, scattered five hits, only allowed one earned run. Uh, and so he has been... One of the better options for the Mets when he is on. And so when you look at some of his numbers, you know, that regression is kind of hitting. His numbers have tightened up a little bit. 321 ERA, 399 expected fielding independent. Strikeouts to walks are pretty even for him, too. So I think there's a lot to like about McGill overall. And when you look at the other side, the problem with uh, with a guy like Samuel Long is we're not talking about a really massive sample size, right? Only 28 in the third innings pitched. Every time he's been out, they've been very short stints. So you can't really lead a lot into them either. His right. uh, The longest stints were back in June, and in a couple of those he got 
rock. Give a four earned to the Oakland Athletics. Give a four to the Diamondbacks. I think I'd rather go with the Mets here in a lower scoring contest. It's not something that I have played in any way whatsoever. Uh, I did know that uh, I think this opened up what a buck twenty in favor of the Mets. Yeah, I saw in I'm some not really, spots. That's see the line move here has uh, confused me a little right. bit because I thought McGill's a better pitcher. I've seen Sammy Long pitch for the Giants in a couple of his starts. I'm not just not that impressed. His strikeout numbers are okay, but he's not going to blow you away. McGill, I think, is a little bit, uh, probably a little bit better in terms of a starter if you wanted to look at the Mets in the first five, but the money's been on the Giants, which is surprising to me. Yeah, so if, you, if you're telling me I'm getting like a plus sign next to the Mets, you might get me in uh, on McGill in that situation. So, uh, But right now, if, as it continues to move in that direction, the line move does surprise me. I think McGill would be the, the side to back. All right, this is going to be a big game for Wes Reynolds. He's a Reds fan, mm. and uh, the Reds need to close this gap on the Brewers, and uh, they need to do it right now. They're down seven and a half games going into uh, tonight. It's uh, the Reds and Tyler Molly against uh, Corbin Burns and the Brewers, and as you would expect, Burns is a big favorite. Uh, Burns has been hot lately. I think he's back in form. Minus 200, I'm not going to bet against him here. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't really want to either. Uh, and the Reds, too, not only have to maybe – Close the gap on Milwaukee. They got to maintain their grip on the first wild card. Uh, and I think, look, if if there's going to be a pitcher to go to war with here, if you're Cincinnati, it might be Molly. Molly's been really solid across the board, over 125 and two thirds. We're talking about a 378 ERA and expected fielding independent of 377. His strikeouts are awesome and his walks are down this year. He's got a small problem with home runs. But if we're talking about like if you're taking your shot against Corbin Burns, I think this would probably be the pitching right. matchup that you want because Molly has. And here's the other thing. This Brewers lineup has, I think, like some ebbs and flows to it. So at times, you know, you can hold them down with a really solid starting pitcher. I think Molly would be the guy if you're going to take your shot. Well, he's got a 635 ERA in his last two appearances against uh, the Brewers. And Corbin Burns has been uh, hot. Uh, Let's see. In uh, eight of his last nine starts, he's allowed two two runs or fewer. And uh, 5-0 over that stretch. Burns is uh, back in form, let's put it that way. Let's take a quick break. We come back, we'll talk uh, NFL. Uh, We're going to talk college football week zero next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes 
that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We are live from the OddsTrader.com studio at South Point Casino. Go to OddsTrader.com, download the free OddsTrader app right now. Start winning with up to the second info you need. Real-time bet tracking, live in-game odds and stats. Many more features up there. OddsTrader.com. All right, JVT. We'll talk more baseball betting in hour number two. Let's get to college football week zero. I'm fired up for this week zero. Five games on the schedule. Uh, the fifth game is not on the main betting rotation. <laughs> that is Southern Utah at San Jose State, the offshore opener, uh, Spartans minus 21. All five of these games are on TV. And in the Saturday night primetime slot this week, when everybody's going to be watching, we're going to have Southern Utah at San Jose and Texas El Paso at New Mexico State. That regional rivalry between El Paso and Las Cruces, New Mexico. Intense. Is, it is It is intense. And the stakes are high in this one. UTEP bet all the way up to a 10-point favorite in Las Cruces. Paul Stone noted that uh, the Miners have been road favorites now four times in the past 11 years. You're just not seeing, used to seeing UTEP laying a number on the road like, like this. New Mexico State played an abbreviated uh, two-game season last year and actually did not take it seriously at all. Was blown out by Tarleton State 43-17. to as Paul Stone noted, several top players transferred out of the program. There's not too many reasons to be positive about the Aggies here. But UTEP is a 10-point road favorite. <laughs> I mean, that's something that makes you look twice right. and say, uh, I don't know, is, are the Aggies worth a look 
as dogs on Saturday night in Las Cruces? I would say yes, right? Like, I don't think that this UTEP team is at a point where they should be a 10-point. And, like, so what are we giving for a home field, right? Let's even say if it's, like, a one-and-a-half type three. We're talking about nearly a two-touchdown favor for UTEP if they're mm-hmm. back at home in this spot. Like, this is not really a great UTEP team <laughs> in any way whatsoever. Uh, so I would say that taking 10, because sometimes we get too far on one end of the spectrum, right? We'll talk about that soon with Hawaii-UCLA, where, sure, New Mexico State's going to be a really bad team. But catching 10 points in a team that is 125 right. one, I think, mm-hmm. to win their own conference in UTEP, I don't know if there's that big of a gap between these two. I'm not sure there's that big of a gap either. I mean, as Chris Andrews said yesterday, yeah, it takes a lot of guts to bet New Mexico State. And, uh, but, uh, you know, at the same time, it takes a lot of guts to lay points with uh, UTEP on the road. I will say this, uh, Chris's power ratings, Chris Andrews, the South Point Sportsbook Director, his power ratings show um, – UTEP at a 43 and New Mexico State at a 40. Right. So a three-point difference on his raw power ratings right there, which would tell you that UTEP probably should not be a 10-point favorite. And actually, Chris, on the show with us yesterday, called it a, quote, ridiculous number. Yep. So, I don't know, maybe uh, I'll take a look at the dog by Saturday night in that game. And I'm kind of surprised, too, because, like, generally, and we're getting closer, right, and this is obviously game week, so more public money is entering the pool. But generally, the, the early moves are a little bit sharper, right, because those are the guys who are going to get involved earlier. Yeah, the public's not. Right there. Public's and they're not betting a UTEP flooding Mexico the market State. right now. So yeah. I've been kind of surprised the way that this has moved in that direction, just given the fact that we generally see sharper money. They have a lot of steam chasers, too. Yeah, that's a good point. So, But, yeah, UTEP up to 10. Was I think a lot of yesterday. guys at this point in the season, you think it's fair to say a lot of guys who haven't done the work see that a number is moving in one direction. i got to jump on that. Yeah. Some, you know, sharp money's on that side. Um, I think the sharp money was at 7. And uh, if you're laying anything more than seven, it's probably not that sharp. And that's always, as we get into football season, that's always my favorite thing. When you hear sharps are on one side, when I, whenever I get to like talk to John Murray at the Westgate or anything like that, yeah, they're on a side at a certain number. Right. <laughs> not all the way through 10, which you're looking at right now. And yeah, it seems for like example, Paul stop. Stone bet this at uh, UTEP minus seven. Right. You know, you want to lay 10, not nearly as much value in, uh, in that sort of bet. All right, the other game Saturday night, I mentioned Southern Utah at uh, San Jose State, and you can look at the Thunderbirds' record last year and say, man, this is a bad team, but actually it's I think it's a pretty competitive FCS team out of the Big Sky Conference. San Jose, one of the elite teams in the Mountain West, uh, how do you think that matchup stacks up? I, I like the San Jose State team uh, a lot. They're actually my pick to win the Mountain West Conference in our college football guide. Uh, they have a lot coming back, including quarterbacks, Nick Starkle, uh, and just quality depth at almost every single position offensively. Uh, this is a, And this is a team that I think, when you look at it, maybe it's something that works against them. They are a team that has, you know, conference championship aspirations. Does that mean they're going to come out full bore in a game like this and try to kick the crap out of Southern Utah? Potentially not when they have bigger fish to fry as they move along with their schedule. So maybe this is a get in there, get a win, get warmed up preseason type situation. But this is a really good San Jose State team. And I think obviously they're very live uh, to win this conference yet again as they did last year because of everything they have coming back, including an offense that could be one of the better ones in the Mountain West. Well, you're the guy who wrote the Mountain West previews for the VSIN College Football Betting Guide. There's another Mountain West team in action. Fresno State lane 27 and a half to UConn. I mentioned Chris Andrews' power ratings. He's got UConn near the bottom with a rating of 45. Yep. Uh, so right down there in that UTEP, New Mexico State range. How good's Fresno going to be? That's an early afternoon kickoff. 
Fresno State, 27.5-point favorite at home, 62.5 the total. I think they're going to be really good, too. This is what makes the Mountain West intriguing. There's a lot of parity because there's a lot of good offenses, and there's actually – this is quietly a conference that has really good quarterback play, and one of them plays for Fresno State. Jake Hayner is going to be a really good quarterback. They've got 19 starters overall, but he started six games last year for him. He's a former Washington Husky. Threw nine touchdowns to two interceptions over the final three games, completed 66% of his passes. He's only going to get better, and this Fresno State offense is going to be really good. We're talking about his entire offensive line coming back, actually eight offensive linemen with starting experience, top eight receivers, three top rushers from a season ago. There's a lot, it's not just the starters that are coming back for Fresno State. It's almost every guy in this depth right. chart that is back for this offense. So this is why they're, one, UConn is one of the lowest power. Was it Chris's lowest power-rated team? No. Okay. Uh, I think UConn's about – the sixth worst team in Division One. The bottom teams are UTEP, Akron, New Mexico State, Bowling Green, and UMass. And okay, UConn was right. right above that group of five with uh, a rating of 45. So UConn seven points better than uh, Bowling Green and UMass, uh, who are at the bottom of the scale. So this is clearly a lowly powered UConn team, but I think this is a, a quality Fresno State team. And a lot of that plays into a number you see like this. This is a really electric offense that I think can probably do a lot. You're going to see a, a lot of points, I think, from Fresno State in this matchup on Saturday. All right, how about Hawaii? This is a, a, a big weekend for the Mountain West. Yeah. Uh, maybe if uh, Hawaii could play UCLA tied at the Rose Bowl, uh, it would be a positive thing for the conference. I actually took 18 with Hawaii. I was waiting when that number is 17 and a half. I said, I, I know it's going to go to 18, and sometimes that can be an important number if you're talking about a 38 to 20 type of game or something like that. But uh, I think Hawaii is going to hang in here for a while. And Hawaii was one of my best bets of the bowl season. The Warriors took out Houston in the New Mexico Bowl. Mm. And uh, where was that? Frisco, Texas? Yeah. <laughs> that was a very strange game. The New Mexico Bowl was played in Texas. And uh, Hawaii routed Houston. Really uh, dominated Houston. I don't think it's a fluke. I like Todd Graham as a coach. Uh, he's got 11 starters back on defense. This is a Hawaii team that went 5-4 uh, and four last season. One... It's season opener, 34-19 at Fresno, lost by eight to Boise, and beat Nevada. Yep. This is a pretty good Hawaii team here, and there's some things to look at with UCLA as well. I'm not sure the Bruins are going to be totally focused on a blowout here with the LSU on deck. Yeah, if, if you're talking about who does this game mean more for, it's clearly uh, Hawaii, Hawaii, right, like by a mile uh, for the Rainbow Warriors. And you mentioned, like, there's a lot coming back for a team that did a lot of good things last year. Todd Graham's got 18 starters back. He's got a really good dual-threat quarterback in Shaven Cordero. He's got a senior running back who looks like he's going to play like a hybrid-type position in Calvin Turner. If you look at the rest of this roster in terms of skill positions, Day-Day Hunter, uh, their top running back, listed on the depth chart a couple of days ago, they, there is some guys that are coming back at skill positions are going to be really solid, especially when you get into conference play. But when you're talking about this number, opening as low as 11 in some spots, right, and getting all the way up now to 18. Actually, this number opened as low as 9, Did it? Okay. believe it or not. That was, uh, yeah, in fact, uh, a couple books here locally opened 9. And, like, I get – I can understand the the, uh, the love for UCLA before the season because on paper they look like they're going to be pretty great. Uh -huh. But it's twofold, right? One, it's – like I said yesterday, deja vu. We have seen Chip Kelly with a UCLA team loaded with continuity right from the season before. Sure. That does not really that much. But the other part of it is you have LSU on deck. You have, a, you have a very good LSU team coming up. Why would you really show anything or try to do much against this Hawaii team on top of everything that we're talking about here? So now, to me, we're getting to the point in overturn. To catching 18 with Hawaii, uh, that's going to be the play for me because I think yeah. this is a Hawaii team that is much better than the market's giving them credit for, and this is not a great spot for UCLA. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's my handicapping as well. Yeah. you got a good quarterback in Siobhan Cordero, a good coach in Todd Graham, 
and 11 starters back on defense and a UCLA team that might be, uh, hey, thinking about that LSU game next right. week at the Rose Bowl. So you got three Mountain West teams in action there. If you look at our graphic, uh, the week zero college football numbers, the one that's not up there is a game that's not on the main betting board, and that's Southern Utah at San Jose State. You've also got... Uh, obviously, Fresno State and Hawaii in action. All right, let's talk about Nebraska and Illinois. And I did play Illinois plus seven on this one. Uh, Illinois returns 17 scholarship seniors, the most of any team in the Power Five. And uh, actually, a new coach, obviously, Brett Bielema. I'm going to talk about Nebraska's strength to schedule here in a minute because I'm looking to fade Nebraska, and not just because of the Scott Frost situation. But – the investigation going on in the Cornhuskers program is not going to be a positive. All right, so Illinois, Brett Bielema takes over a team with a sixth-year senior quarterback, Brandon Peters, and he's no superstar, but he's a sixth-year senior. He's got 16 starts the past two years. Hey, by the way, this Illini team was a 16-point underdog in Lincoln last year and beat Nebraska 41-23. to Brett Bielema is one of those coaches who wants to be strong in the running game, uh, he wants to be strong defensively up front. He's into clock management, ball control. I'm going to look under the total of 55 in this one, play Illinois plus seven. And for other reasons, I'm also going to look to play uh, – I did play Nebraska under the season win total of uh, six and a half. And when we get a chance to expand on this game a little bit more in hour number two, we're going to talk about the strength of schedule that Nebraska faces. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think we're kind of at the point, too, right, when we look at Nebraska's offense. Like, Adrian Martinez is who he is. He's got some turnover issues. You know, I, I do wonder what they're going to be like in terms of running the ball. I think he was one of their top rushers from a season mm-hmm. ago, too. So you need to find more balance if you're Nebraska. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think when you talk about an offensive system like Bielema's, it gives you a certain floor that's going to be uh, uh, really operational for you as a team, especially when you catch a seven against a team that is routinely been overvalued since Scott Frost has been there. Nebraska under six and a half. Uh, Scott Frost has three years, four and eight, five and seven, three and five. And I don't think this team's going to win seven games. I would bet under six and a half on that. We'll have best bets in hour number two. And Johnny Avello of DraftKings joins us next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.